You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo, brought to you by Thin Man Brewery. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, in light of our last episode, which was, of course, about Rick Jenneret, our our dearly departed RJ, and after his passing late last week, the Sabres had announced that they are going to be holding an event open to the public called Remembering RJ, the man behind the mic. It's going to be taking place this coming Sunday, August 27th at 5 p.m., at Key Bank Center, and it's going to be featuring special tributes with roundtable conversations with broadcasters and alumni. Uh, the Sabres added that out of respect for RJ and his family's wishes, a full memorial service will not be held. However, this seems like it's going to be a really great event. General admission tickets are free to the public, and the event will air on MSG and stream live on the Sabres social media network. So you can go to the Sabres website and claim your ticket for Sunday. But seems like a really, really nice event and a great opportunity for everybody to celebrate RJ's life and and reflect on the incredible life and career that he's had absolutely yeah it's good that they realizing what um i guess a important moment this is and are using it to to celebrate really uh i think we laid out on monday the the most important person in the history of the franchise so yeah definitely definitely good that they're doing this and it's uh it's it's well deserved Absolutely. So that being said, let's get into a little bit of hockey talk, though, but not with the Sabres. It's actually for our rivals up in the north as Austin Matthews signed a four year extension with an AAV of thirteen point two five million. Matthews becomes the highest paid player in the NHL in terms of his average annual value. And it's hard to say that it's not deserved with how great of a player that Matthews is. I know obviously we poke a lot of fun at the Maple Leafs on here and have jokingly speculated about Matthews walking, but signed for four years is interesting. So he's going to become a UFA. I believe we were saying before the pod in his age 31 season that it would be since he has one year remaining on his current ahead of his age 31 season ahead of his age 31 season. So he'll be able to still be up for a new contract and get paid at a point that he'll be a little bit into the, the latter half of the latter part of his prime here. But again, Matthews, you know, we we know what's there. He's he's an elite scoring center. He is an unbelievable play driver. He's great at creating chances for the Maple Leafs, and he's got a pretty damn good defensive game to him too. So your thoughts on this move overall, Taylor, and Austin Matthews standing within the NHL? 
So I, I think it's an interesting move from the perspective of both Toronto fans and team, you know, people like us who want to see our team be better than Toronto, because it's it's definitely not a bad contract, but it's really not a cut and dry, cut and dry great situation for the Maple Leafs. Uh, if you look at it this way, Maple Leafs fans are at least a little relieved because he was a free agent in a year. And in less than a year, actually, he'd be a free agent July 1st, and he didn't re-sign right away. Now, it wasn't a crazy long time. It was about seven or eight weeks after the start of free agency that he signed the deal. But if I was a fan of them, I really would have looked for an eight-year deal. But, you know, you're excited in general. He will be here at least through age 30, and that's great. We got Right now you're looking at it, you got five more years of Matthews. So I wouldn't be worrying yet. But I, there would be a little small part of me if I was a Leafs fan being like, damn, I wish this was an eight-year deal. I think – well, a couple things. First of all, everyone knows the cap's going up. And despite that, a lot of players are signing deals as if that wasn't the case. Star players. Barzell's one that comes to mind. Um, I don't know if Tage and Cousins really count here. Cousins, I think, counts a little bit. Tage definitely – is a unique situation, but there's guys across the league that have signed eight year deals. Bo Horvat's another one, actually. So both New York guys and guys in other markets as well, uh, treating things as if we, the cap isn't about to take a few steps up in the next couple of years. It's not going to be like the NBA situation, but it's still pretty serious. And eight years kind of locks you into that's your last big deal. So Matthews is probably looking at it like, well, the cap situation is going to be totally different. And unlike a lot of stars, Matthews could conceivably be worth an eight-year deal heading into his age 31 season if you wanted to pay him for years 31 to 38. That might be worth it, to be honest, uh, because he's not – you never know how someone's going to age, but he's not a star like uh, – he's not a borderline star like the guys I mentioned, like Barzell and Horvat, or even like Dylan Cousins. Like Matthews is probably in what I would say is the current – top quartet of forwards. I don't know if you agree, Brendan, and maybe you could make it a top five if you throw in Leon, but I was thinking of McDavid, Matthews, McKinnon, and Kachuk based on the way he played the last two years. Yeah, it's hard to disagree with any of those. Yeah, that that seems pretty firm. At the very least, he's the best goal scorer unless McDavid is permanently a 60-goal guy now, which who knows, maybe he is. So Matthews is really good, and he's a two-way guy. So he's, he's an incredible player, uh, from October to April, the first two weeks of April, that is. And he's he's someone that's worth paying that money. So she, he's the highest cap hit now. Here's the problem, though. The teams you're competing with pretty much across the league, for whatever reason, guys don't get the money they're earned. He just passed McKinnon for highest cap hit. McKinnon was there for only one year. Uh, but this is not like other leagues where that just gets broken year after year after year, usually. And McKinnon, before this, was super underpaid. So there's no way he could – I mean, he lost out on money by signing such a long deal at such a unique point in his career after his second season or third season, I want to say. So most guys are underpaid or take a smaller deal. Like Look at like New Jersey. They got Jack Hughes to a cheaper deal than he probably deserves. And now they're like, oh, well – no one gets paid more than Jack Hughes. He's our guy. So, I mean, the Sabres may or may not be in a, I mean, Dallin's got to get more in general, you know, Dallin, like, you know, he's going to get more than nobody's going to get paid higher than Dallin. We'll put it that way. Dallin is going to be the highest paid Sabre for for the next eight years, conceivably, whenever he signs. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of 
nine parts like that across the league. And consistently the Leafs don't get those discounts, number one. And two, there's they have two star players now in Matthews and Marner that looked at this and said, I want to be a free agent a free agent to get paid a second time. In Matthew's case, it'll be a third time, but Marner's a free agent uh a year after. Mm-hmm. A year well, no, it's the same time as Matthews would have been a free agent, actually. But yeah, Marner's got a year left basically. Uh Nylander's also over there. And they're not getting guys on discounts at all. So like that hurts them cap wise. Uh but but I mean, I still, you can't be that mad. You're not getting him under a bad deal. It's not a deal that hamstrings you. Uh, but if I was them, if I was Toronto, I would have had all the faith in the world in signing that guy for eight years. And the fact that it's quote unquote only four, I don't know. That's, it's not bad, but it's not like, it's not a home run either. So I just think it's, it's another example of you're not, you're not doing things better than other teams are doing them, even if you're not doing something wrong. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that anybody in their right mind would say that him signing a four-year deal is better for the Maple Leafs than him signing an eight-year deal. Like, clearly that was the move all along. But I don't know, man. I mean, I'd be, I'm feeling pretty nervous over here with these big acquisitions of uh, uh, the free agent acquisitions, I should say, of, of Max Domi and Martin Jones. I, I'm, I'm quaking in my boots over here. <laughs> uh, don't forget about Bertuzzi. Yeah, but, I mean he's he's actually yeah. a good one. That he actually he is. Yeah, that's that's definitely their best signing of the offseason. But looking at their cat friendly, they're up against it this year. They really aren't next year. And I think people were kind of wondering, like, well, now the core four is gonna get broken up in some way. And I don't know. I think they already were gonna let Tavares probably walk. <laughs> because yeah, Tavares, yeah, he's really good, like he's the kind of guy that because he's well, what is he now? 32. So he's not like bad. He's not falling off a cliff, but he's seriously worse. And he hasn't had like a random kind of like, oh, actually, I'm great again kind of bump like Stamkos had when he got 100 points two years ago. And he hasn't aged, for example, like Crosby or Ovechkin, but he hasn't aged like someone like, oh, I don't know, let's say Danny Heatley either. Ooh. He's aged fine, which is to say that he's not going to be worth the contract that he signed because he was worth. Every penny of that day one, that was basically his exact worth. Again, no discount. And then that just, it'll deteriorate slowly from there. So it's not a disaster, but you know, it's, it's a, not a great deal right now either. And on the other 11 hand, million. Yeah. On the other hand, everyone's pretty much a free agency there. It's, I guess, both a blessing and a curse that they basically have only one non four that's been worth paying on their roster in Morgan Riley. Uh, their goaltending, or these guys are not really signed long term. Samsonov, Martin Jones, Joseph Wall. So they actually don't have a lot of guys. So if they really want to, they can let Tavares walk, which I figure they would anyway. After 2025, though, he's got two years left. That will kind of make it difficult. Uh, Marner, oh, actually, I was incorrect. Marner had also has two years left. That's what I thought. Nylander so, is yeah. the other one. Yeah, Nylander's the one that's up. He is at about yeah. $7 million. So Marner, so if they re sign Nylander, which why not? Maybe they move, try to move Tavares. I don't know, but, but I'm not sure because there's so many moving parts. Looking at their projected roster for this coming season, five of their 12 forwards will be free agents next July 1st. And, oh boy, of their seven defensemen that are listed here, four of them will be free agents. Wow. And their top two goalies in Jones and Samsonov, which means that, yeah, they could just be like, we're going to be the top heavy team 
re-sign Newlander. I don't know. Part of me wonders, though. I mean, there's going to need to be some kind of scapegoat if they don't get over the hump this year. Like, what well, if they have the another first-round exit? What if they have another? Like, what are they going to do then? They're, you have to think that with that front office and how it's now assembled, that they would think that some symbolic shakeup like that is going to be for the betterment of them. When in reality, Nylander is a pretty damn good player. Yeah, I agree. And I, that's, that's what I was going to get to. That's the big question now, because what they could do if they want is just, Hey, this is, these three guys are the guys and we'll try to fill in around them. They're also paying Riley. Like I said, or so those are the four guys in that case, we'll build around these four guys. And uh, I don't know uh, if that's going to be even feasible. If they lose in the first round, Next year, that would be eight playoff losses, seven in the first round. And if they don't make the conference final, that's eight straight playoff losses without a conference final. And like, for example, they're not going to lose Marner. And I think Marner and Matthews would both be safe unless they got some crazy offer for Marner or Marner indicated he didn't want to sign there. But Nylander, do they just let him walk if that's the case? That'd be it's interesting. Or they they try to find a Riley trade. Timing is the other key part of this, though, because I guess alternatively, I I mean, Marner was so good last year that it's like I, I, I can't envision a scenario where it's flip-flopped and they re-sign Nylander just due to the circumstances and him being a UFA coming up and just getting him on the books and then with Marner only having a year left that they look to, to move him. But, oh, man, yeah. Wow. That's going to yeah. be crazy to think. I mean... God, I can only imagine how their fan base is going to feel once the Sabres knock them out in the first round this year. That's going to be it's going to be a pretty rough scene over there. Your thoughts? You hate to see it, man. You just hate to see it. But mm. I, the thing that I'm excited for is if they do go to the route where they do a panic trade or get rid of Nylander, whatever they do, is just to see the team finally built in Brad Living's image. <laughs> go so, on. Good luck with that, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't see any downsides at all. Tell me more about this. <laughs> I, well, t- tell me more about what the the Brad traveling Toronto Maple Leafs look like three years from now. That's it's super interesting because that guy was in Calgary for a while, and I don't. Yeah. Can you make heads or tails of what his ideal team building strategy is? No. <laughs> like he? Not, not really. No, he I very. Mean, I, I think he got – did he draft Gaudreau? Maybe. I don't know if he's it's been that long. But he did draft Kachuk. He did bring him to Foley. Made some, like, good moves. He signed Jacob Markstrom. Yeah. But I, besides that, I don't know. They, 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 they've they won one playoff series in the past, I don't know, 100 years. And for all the good of those other things you just mentioned, giving as much money as – I mean, the Kachuk trade obviously was a, a nightmare in and of itself. But the money that they gave to Huberto after that – and then additionally giving as much out in the, the term that they gave to Nazim Kadri as well. Ooh, uh, ooh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, that's not great. And then they, I mean, I don't know. It's interesting because you're right. It's undeniable. Like he's had some really good moves, like his track record. It's not like we're talking about like Botterill here or something like that, like travel. And let's remember too, that Calgary has for the most part, at least, you know, they, they've been sniffing around the playoffs or have been a playoff team. 
Um, so he's had them be competitive. And especially when you're talking about, you know, the Western conference, and I guess granted that the Pacific division in general is a bit all over the place year over year, where we feel like it's going to be a little bit weaker than it actually ends up becoming. But with all that being said though, yeah, I don't really know like what his style is because you would think that a hockey guy like that would do everything that he could do to retain a guy like Matthew Kachuk with just like the, you know, quote unquote, like sandpaper style that Kachuk plays with. But instead you, you trade him for a much older winger and a a defenseman that granted like helps you, you know, in the process there, but, uh, and Mackenzie Weger, I mean, but mm, that, that, like that just, that trade is just so tough to look at. And, And again, like bringing in Kadri, like, Obviously, Kadri was coming off as an excellent year with Colorado, winning a cup, playing a huge role on that team as the established, like, full-on 2C there. But it's hard, like, you know, it's hard to think of many situations where a GM giving that much money in term to a guy of Kadri's age and his pedigree that working out ultimately, like, there's guys who are above Kadri in the pecking order here. One we were just talking about, John Tavares, who got a lot of money at a younger age. And it still was like, oh, God, like that's a lot of money in term to give. But what? how old was Kadri when he signed that contract? 29? Oh, that's a good question. Because but I think he was older than that. Might be 30. He might. It could be. Yeah, it was last summer. So he right now is 32. 32. So he's 31. Oh my yeah. God! Well, there you go. This is actually, this is actually about to be his age thirty three season because his birthday is October sixth. So he, he signed that contract going into age thirty two, being a pretty borderline star, after what was easily his best season. Yeah, it's uh, that's um, pretty yeah. crazy. Like, because that's the thing is like the seven mil cap hit. Like it's it on the surface it doesn't sound terrible, but paying him $7 million when he's 38 years old. I don't know. Does he play a physical style that'll wear him down? That's that's the whole (laughs) other, that's the whole other side of it is like, does he really have a game that's conducive to having that level of longevity? I think not. (laughs) Yeah. Wild. So anyway, this leads me to believe we are, we're, we're in for some very interesting moves in the near Toronto future, particularly if they, if they can't get it done this year, I don't know if they ever will because that they're in for some wild stuff, a lot of moving parts and they don't have a lot of picks. They're missing a lot of picks because of the different trades, especially O'Reilly's a good example. Someone they were not able to retain, but wild. Anyway, Brendan, do we want to hear a word from our sponsors? I'd love nothing more. This episode is brought to you by DraftKings. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit W. 
www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races, Connecticut help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age will vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10-plus leg requirement for 100% boost. Eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. And folks, this episode is also brought to you by Raycon wireless earbuds. So even if you're not on going on vacation, summer's all about a vacation state of mind. So whether I want to listen to Arctic Monkeys, Canadus, similar bands like that on repeat, or just need to retreat inside my own head for a bit. I love creating my own summer soundtrack by popping in my Raycon wireless earbuds. There's so much going on all summer. Sometimes you need to upbeat music to pump you up before you see people or to stay calm with some guided meditation. Personally, I wear my Raycons doing all kinds of stuff, going on walks, working, going to the gym, doing the dishes, all kinds of stuff like that. And let me tell you right now, Raycons are the best way to listen no matter what you're doing. Use earbud tap functions to toggle between three customizable sound profiles, noise isolation, and awareness mode. Raycons have a 32-hour battery life, including eight hours of playtime, so you can listen to what you want when you want for a really long time. They come with custom gel tips for the most comfortable in-ear fit. They start out at half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. And Raycons come with a 30-day happiness guarantee, so you really can't lose. Create your own soundtrack with Raycon. Right now, Straight Up Sabres listeners can get 15% off their Raycon orders at buyraycon.com slash THPN. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. And finally, the podcast is brought to you by Thin Man Brewery. And boy, do we have news for you. Tickets are now available. For an event, Thin Man is teamed up with four breweries from New York, Maryland, Florida, and Kentucky to develop brand new exclusive variants of Minky Boodle. So tickets are available on Eventbrite for Minky Day 2023. That'll be at the Chandler Street location at 166 Chandler Street. Saturday, October 14th from 12 to 4 p.m. So you'll need a ticket if you want to go. And there'll be a lot more information on this coming soon. But here's what we know right now. $45 gets you a ticket. And $5 of that uh, will be going to charity. Uh, That includes a minky boodle glass to take home. And unlike previous Thin Man events, I'm going to remember to take the glass home. Also includes a one five-ounce pour of each variant. So $45, you get in, you get a five-ounce pour of each variant of minky boodle, and you get a glass to take home. So if you're into sour beers, there's a place for you on October 14th. And folks, there might be a place for me. I may be coming back from a two-week European vacation and immediately going to that. We'll see how that goes. Dick. <laughs> uh, also, just wanted to mention a couple other things. Uh, one of the collaborations that they announced is Atrium Brewing in Louisville, Kentucky. So that's what they've said so far. Other ones coming, like I mentioned, the other states. A couple other things, though. Another beer now available called Brain Tan. It's a West Coast IPA called Cali Brain. And it's 7%. Uh, 
it's uh, according to Instagram, it showcases Centennial and Pacific Sunrise hops, crisp, clean, medium bodied, backed by mild bitterness. And that's going to be available tomorrow, Friday, on draft at Chandler and in four packs to go. So if you're into West Coast IPAs, that's a fun one. And as I mentioned in the last episode, Oktoberfest, that's also available at Chandler. So, and at your local retailers. So there's a lot going on with it, man. I know it's been, it's been an interesting few months for them. So things are going well. We're doing our trivias again. Got all kinds of beer available and a big event to look forward to. Very exciting stuff. We love Thin Man. Make sure you're checking out their website again, thinmanbrewery.com, and following them on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Taylor, we're going to end with a game today, I understand it. We are. We teased this when we talked about different things we talk about during the summer, and it's a specific game, and we can both do this. Now, this time, I'll be quizzing Brandon, but you know, theoretically, in the future, we might do this for each other, or maybe you, the listener. And basically, it's called that doesn't sound right. And the way you play is I say what I something that I say is a fact. It may or may not be a fact. It might be a fact. It might be something I made up. And Brendan either says that sounds right or that doesn't sound right or whatever. He's just saying if it's actually true or not. It'll be sound kind of outlandish. Sometimes they're true. Sometimes they're not. The example I gave in the summer is one of my favorite one of these to say. Uh, for example, here's want to do a practice one real quick, Brendan. Let's do it. Vince Carter once played for the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns. Uh, this one doesn't count? Yeah, doesn't count. That sounds right. Yeah, that is right. 2009, Hi. trade deadline for the second half of that season. I don't know if they made the playoffs or not, but I think that means he was a teammate of Shaq's. Whoa. Does that mean that Shaq, Vince Young, and Steve Nash are all on the same team? And it... Vince Young? Wow. Who? Oh, Vince Young. Vince Young. Yeah, Vince Young was there. Longhorns quarterback was... on the Phoenix Suns? Oh, my God. Yeah, he's a multi-talented guy. It's too bad he didn't work out in the NFL. But he... yeah, anyways, I almost said Steve Young. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Steve Nash. I'm losing my goddamn mind. It's Steve uh... Nash. Crazy. Shaq and Vince Carter. I'm not looking that one up, though, to see if that's true. But I'm pretty sure it is. Anyway. <laughs> Let's get to the actual ones. Let's start out with a hockey one, Brendan. What do you oh. think? Give it me. Wayne Gretzky has won more Hart trophies than Mario Lemieux, Sidney Crosby, and Alex Ovechkin combined. Ooh. A part of me wants to say that that's it's got to be pretty close. Oh, you said Mario, Crosby, and, Mel- and, and Ovechkin? Yeah. Oh. God, um, that doesn't sound right. It is right. Damn it. Gretzky won really? nine heart trophies. I was surprised by this. Gretzky won nine. Mario won three. Ovechkin won three and Crosby won two. I oh. would have thought that Mario would have won more than three. Mar- Gret- uh, Crosby should have won more than two if, you know, his injuries. Wait, how many? So Gretzky... One nine, and then you said it was three, three, and two. Yeah, that's wild. I thought Mario had won more than that. Yeah, because he won more Art Ross, Art Rosses, Art Rosses than that. I was uh, but- five. Like that's why I thought it doesn't sound right because I knew Ovechkin had the three, and you said Crosby had two, right? 
See, I thought Crosby yeah. had three, so that's why I was in my mind. I was like, no way, because damn, wow, that's crazy. Good for Wayne Gretzky. That Crosby was... really could have six. Yeah, honestly, yeah. if he wasn't hurt all the time. Uh, and let's see. All right, how about this one? Basketball. LeBron James has more career points than his draft mates and teammates, former teammates, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh combined. More points, you said? Yeah, more career points than those two Hall of Famers combined. Like I said, his draft mates and his teammates. That that sounds right. That is not right. I suck. Might be right someday. That's right. <laughs> right right now, those guys have a combined 40,200 roughly. And he has about 38,600 something. Um, so let's cool. move on to the... Yeah, it is close. Let's move on to the next one. Uh, America's Darlings, the Miami Marlins, have only made the playoffs twice in their franchise history but they won the world series both times they made it never winning the division. No, they've only won once. So that doesn't sound right. You are right that it doesn't sound right for the wrong reason, but you are correct. The Miami Marlins have won two world series. Really? Their first two appearances. Yeah. They won in, you remember that they beat a certain baseball team that we don't talk about anymore. I know. I know the unnamed baseball Pinstripe assholes, yeah. In 03. In 97, they had a walk-off against the Marlins. They are the Marlins. Or Jesus, the Marlins, the Indians. The wow. Guardians now. Then in 90, yeah. Man, I'm really losing it today, huh? Long week. Anyway, I think Edgar Enteria hit a walk-off in the World Series. This That's is a very, insane. I guess, under-discussed World Series. <laughs> but um, Enteria is it's in- a famous time. That I have not heard in quite a while, and I just I just want to give a shout out to Edgar Renteria because that he he was a dog. Yeah, he did have that dog in him. Uh, unfortunately, immediately after winning the World Series, the Marlins traded literally everyone on their roster and lost 108 games the next year. Um, but anyway, the reason it's wrong because it's because they did at one point this was true, and they missed they made the playoffs as a wild card team again in the fake 2020 playoffs. So technically now they have three playoff appearances. Uh, two of them were World Series, and all three of them were wild card appearances. Yeah, They've never won no, the division still. That's what I said. <laughs> oh, that's that's right, yeah. Yeah, that was that was that's why what you I, meant. That was why it didn't sound right to me. I don't know about you, but that's what didn't sound correct there. Well, anyways, I gotta write mark it down. What's next? All right. Uh Ron Francis, although he's top five in NHL history in points. 1798 points was never top three in scoring in any season. Ooh, this is a good one, Taylor. He was never top three in scoring. Mm. And what is he overall? You said he's top five, according to the this. So he's top five, even though he never finished top three. Is that right? Does that sound right? Yes. It does sound right. Because it is right. Let's Top go. Top down is being number four. Four ones, five ones, six ones, eighth ones, tenth ones. 
Let's... And he is fifth all time because he just so happened to play at the perfect time. And for a zillion years. True. Yeah. He had good longevity. Um, yeah. That's uh, who would have thought in like 1992 watching the Penguins, like, hey, you know who's going to have the most career points on this team? <laughs> People would say Mario. No, Mario's not even top two. Yager? Yager, then Fran. Is Yager? Yager is because he's I second bet. all time, but Yager one, Francis two. Crazy. Yeah. I bet Mark Recchi's pretty close in points, actually, too. He's but I'm not going to look that up. Longevity one. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Former uh, famous quarterback and kicker George Blanda played in the NFL under six presidential administrations from Harry Truman to Gerald Ford. What? He played in the NFL so long he was played under six presidential administrations from Harry Truman to Gerald Ford. Does that sound right? No, it does not. Don't tell me that. Oh, no, it is right. Are you... <laughs> it is right. What year was the NFL founded? Uh, like 1919. Oh my God. Wow. I didn't like, I didn't know the NFL as we know it was then. I, holy shit. Yeah, I mean, most NFL stats and the way people look at things is post-merger, post-Super Bowl era. But, like, yeah, it was around for a whole 50 years before that. Damn, see, I thought you were trying to do, like, a history lesson on me here being like, aha, Harry Truman was president, but the NFL was not invented yet or some bullshit like that. Oh, yeah. It was invented. So that would be, here's a history lesson. Truman, Eisenhower, Kennedy, LBJ, Nixon, Ford. Just missed out on Jimmy Carter, too. He could have hung around for another year. Damn. Oh, well. Too bad, George. But, you know, congrats. Congrats on the success. Mm. All right. Uh, Next. Hockey. Sabres. Yeah. Clark MacArthur and Cody McCormick were once teammates. Clark MacArthur and Cody McCormick. I want to say yeah. Like, my immediate reaction to this was yes. Because I'm thinking about it, and I don't know if this is like some tricky thing or something like that. But MacArthur was hurt a lot. And is this like, uh, yeah, they were teammates because Cody McCormick ended up getting called up or something because of a MacArthur injury. So, and if it's not that, then it's got to be only like a year or two that before MacArthur leaves for, does he go to Ottawa first? Yeah, that's where he got hurt. I'm going to say that does sound right. Oh, no, they were one year off. Come on. Yeah, McCormick was a saber. Uh, I think it's 9, 10, and 10, 11 are the years. McCormick was a saber way later than I thought. That's exactly what I was thinking, though, too, was was around like 2009, 2010. Damn, I thought McCormick would have. All right. Well, there you go. All right. Want to do another teammate one? Yeah, sure. This sounds this has been going really well for me. I just keep it going. (laughs) Uh, Marcel Dion, who I believe is the highest scorer to never play in the Stanley Cup, played with Wayne Gretzky in L.A. 
Marcel Dion and Wayne Gretzky. That, my friend, is a crazy one. Oh, I'm I'm just doing so pitifully bad on this in this game. Um, I can't wait to do this to you. I'm gonna get some real bastards in there. Uh, Marcel Dion and Wayne Gretzky were teammates. They probably Man. weren't. They, no, uh, unfortunately, they weren't. Weren't right? Yeah. Uh, they're only two years apart though in LA, and Dion was actually still playing in New York when the Gretzky trade happened. Way what? earlier than people would think. Uh, anyway, next one. Baseball. Brendan, you do love baseball. I do. At least you used to. So you might remember this guy. I did use Arizona to. legend Brandon Webb. Yeah, I do. Of course. In 2008, let me back it up a little bit. 2006 to 2008, he went from winning the Cy Young to finishing second to, in 2008, finishing second in Cy Young voting again, so top three, two, three, sorry, top two, three years in a row, and that year led the MLB in wins with 22. But after the end of the 2008 season, he didn't play enough career total innings to even qualify for a win, which is to say he played fewer, pitched fewer than five total innings the rest of his career. I really appreciate how brief you made this question. Um, yeah, let's, I'll do it easier. After 2008, when he had won 22 games and was second in Cy Young voting, after that, he pitched fewer than five innings. What a preposterous thing. Uh, sure, yeah. Yeah, it's Super. true. Really, is it? Okay, wow. What did he get to? Like four? Four innings the next year, never pitched again. Wow. In the MLB, that is. Yeah, that's crazy. I feel like people never talk about him. There's a whole weird stretch with NL Cy Young winners where the best one for like seven years is like Jake Peavy. It's like the Madden curse. Wow, Jake Peavy. That's another one. Padres, right? Yeah. Holy. Yeah. Let's remember some old baseball guys. How about how about Barry Zito? How about Tim Hunt? The- <laughs> Well, those two guys you mentioned, this is a fun fact. This is not even a this is a sound or anything. I'm telling you this is true. Those two guys, both A's pitchers, both won World Series clinching games for the Giants. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that wild? That's really crazy. That's a really good one. We should have that as like a trivia question sometime. Yeah, the poor Oakland fans. And the Giants haven't won a World Series since because they won't sign Mark Mulder. Cowards. Who was their closer? All right. Didn't they have? Or there was another good pitcher on that team, wasn't there? They had those on three, the A's. Yeah, those three were their top three. Yeah, yeah. Their fourth pitcher was. Had, oh, God damn it. Miguel Tejada wasn't K Rod on the A's for a minute when he was younger. That was the Angels. I don't know why I thought the A's too. Uh, yeah, what are we thinking? Yeah, hold on. 2003. That's a- the Moneyball A's. 2002 is the Moneyball year. But yeah, pretty much the same team the next year. Yeah, let's let's take a look at this squad here. Oh, the late Corey Lydell. Oh, Remember I'm thinking. Wait, Chad Bradford. Oh, yeah. baby. Oh, yeah, they did. Okay, yeah, so I'm- there's a few names of guys that I'm like thinking or remembering now. Rich Harden. Ted Lilly. Oh yeah. 
Wow, man. Yeah, Chad Bradford. What a what a guy. Moneyball star. Ricardo Rincon, of course. Do you remember Corey Lydell? Yeah. That was wild. That's another guy people don't talk about anymore. I guess baseball. People just don't talk about baseball. Guy got traded to the Yankees. They get knocked out in the playoffs. He goes flying his plane. Wow. Uh, gets lost in the fog and then crashes into a building. Crazy. It's crazy. In New York, like within five years of 9-11, that happened. Yeah, absolutely wow. not. Hey. What a I'll, wild story that was. How about, remember Bobby Crosby? Oh, yeah. Shortstop. He was also. Wrong, or did he not? Win? Did he win the rookie of the year and then just kind of fell off a cliff after that? I believe so, yeah. Wow. This man was voted rookie of the year and batted 239. I God, I love looking at old awards voting on baseball reference. It's baseball, just the BBWA in general used to be so bad at voting for awards. Mm. Wow, retired? I would love to know what that dude's up to these days. Sorry, go on. Let me throw you some evidence uh, here real quick. Ken Griffey Jr. won one MVP. That's insane. That is absolutely nuts. Wow. Remember Eric Burns? Of course. Jermaine Dye. Oh, Chris Singleton. Terrence Long. Wow. Well, so I'm looking at this. This was actually just a terrible rookie year that Bobby Crosby won this because the only guy that really could have won over him is Zach Granke, who was good. But back then, if you went eight and eleven, people didn't care what your ERA was. They just and they didn't care that you were on a bad team. They just thought, "Hey, this guy doesn't win." Even though he, even though he only allowed twenty six walks the whole season, Jesus, yeah. So second in in voting that year was Shingo Takutatsu. Of course, tough year for rookies. But you know, Alex Rios was the only one on here. I remember being actually good. Besides Granky, who's going to go to the Hall of Fame? Anyway, we should finish the last two questions of this uh, this game. Okay, last guy though, last name. I, I don't know if you heard me just say it. Aaron Harang. Remember him? Yeah, Reds yeah. guy. Reds. Yes, 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 yes. Really being pretty good scout. Yeah. Too bad his shit doesn't work in the playoffs. True. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Yeah, let's finish her off. All right. Nick Saban has appeared in national championship games with eight different quarterbacks. Yeah, that does sound right. That is right. Yeah. It's a lot, but I guess Alabama's been very good, and LSU with one year. So Matt Mock, Greg McElroy, uh, AJ McCarron, Jay Coker, Jalen Hurts, Tua Tagovailoa, Matt Jones, and Bryce Young. Last one, James Harden, his second all-time in career three-pointers made in the NBA. I know he's really close. Yeah. Second, I, 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 I know he's up there. I know he's at least top five. Let's send it. Let's say yes. Give me something weird. No, he's third. Ah. He, uh, yeah, he's getting pretty close to Ray Allen. And it'll be him and Curry one and two. I like Curry's chances of staying one. Yeah, me as well. Personally. Agreed. Agreed. Well, that was fun, Taylor. I did horrendously. Yeah, let's see. You got four right, and that's what you should focus on. 
Oof. Out Maybe next time it's five. Out of ten, was it? Uh yes. That's but you guess the practice one, right? Well, you know what, man? You bat four hundred in the MLB, you're probably the best baseball player of all time. So we'll take it. It's <laughs> a good point. Uh also the the team, the baseball team that I don't like to talk about anymore, uh, may not lose ten games in a row. They may win finally. Uh Aaron Judge has home runs in the first and second inning, uh, one of which was a grand slam. So Gotta clean I up. think one more. Hey, Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, well, except for Judge. I think just tonight he can start something by hitting one home run in every inning. You well, get that done, Aaron, I think things will be fine. That's a good call. But, no, like in the offseason, though, like front office, Boone, everybody, like. Steinbrenner's out. How do we get rid of them? Boone. That's a great question. Can I just send them a note that it just has a news article in it? I'm just going to print out a Yahoo news article that says, you know, it's like Dan Snyder gets a record six billion in the sale of the Washington Commanders. And then also another article but from Forbes about how the Yankees are valued more than the Commanders were. And guys, you could probably get almost 10 million for the Yankees and be like, here you go, fellas. What do you think? I think it might work. Bring Sean Parker. He says, you guys know what's cool. Not a billion dollars. A billion dollars isn't cool. You know what's cool? $10 billion. And Hal would probably be super moved by that. Wow. That's yeah. Cool. All right. I'm in. How do we get a meeting? No, I just got to mail them the envelope. No oh. return address. Good. I'm sure they read be- all their envelopes. They're old fashioned. <laughs> also, since this is going to be. If it really hits, so this year is whatever. This year is done. If next year, if they don't recover and have a big offseason, whatever, which probably won't happen, means Joe, if they don't hey, make the World Joe. Series next year. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, Shohei. Let's do that. But if they don't make the World Series and that marks 15 straight years without a World Series appearance, that means guys are allowed to grow beards again. I don't make the rules, but that is New York State law. I love that. I'm in. Yeah. All right. Do you have any recommendations or anything else that we should talk about? I recommend people watch the first two episodes of the new Ahsoka Star Wars show came out on Disney plus on Tuesday. Absolutely kicks ass. I've talked about Star Wars rebels on here before. If you are a fan of Star Wars rebels in the slightest, highly, highly recommend watching this show only two episodes in and like the payoffs has been unreal. So many good callbacks and references to Star Wars rebels within it. And they're, it seems like they're approaching the show exactly how you would hope them to cool action great acting so far it's been it's been a lot of fun and i really really have enjoyed it so yeah ahsoka star wars disney plus go listen or go check it out if you are even remotely interested in star wars go watch it because it's really good and it's, it's setting up to be really cool also mary elizabeth winstead in the star wars universe we love that now both her and ewan mcgregor are a part of star wars pretty badass ewan, ewan mcgregor is part of star wars yeah. I hadn't heard. Really? <laughs> um, do I, I don't have a recommendation, but I did just want to say I saw a clip today on Twitter floating around. The reason I thought about do- doing this game today is because I saw that clip that probably Sabres fans have seen. If you're on Twitter, if you're not on Twitter, you probably haven't seen it. It's from Law & Order SVU from forever ago. And 
some lady, I don't know, I think it's Ice-T maybe, and a lady are interviewing another lady who maybe is something that's out of context, I don't know. But she's like talking about her partner and says that she wanted to name her kid, partner wanted to name the kid after Nathan Gerby. What? And then, yeah, and then the person is like, like, I think Ice-T is like confused, and the other person is like, he's a hockey player, he leads Buffalo in penalty minutes. And I heard that, and I was like, damn. I remember thinking the Sabres were soft back then, but there's no way that's true, right? That doesn't sound right. Did we look this up? I looked it up. Yeah, no, not even close. Never. I mean, maybe opening night one night, he got like a double minor or something, but no. He never came close to leading them in penalty minutes. Wow. Did you track like the yeah. was? Like, was he was he even in the in the ballpark? Or like at a point in the season, could he have? He's not close, though, in any of the years. He tops out at, like, 50-something penalty oh. minutes. He didn't play enough to lead them in penalty minutes. That's so funny. Also, they used to have fighters. True. So pretty much every year, it was, like, Cody McCormick and then John Scott and then also Steve Ott was around. Those guys would have over 100. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I also wanted to mention it's my brother's wedding on Saturday. Woo-hoo. Uh, Congrats, yeah, Torn. We love you, buddy. As the best man, I'd like to do a hockey story because you know how hockey is a ridiculous sport. So sometimes crazy stuff happens, even at youth hockey. So we know because we played youth hockey. Oh, yeah. So Torin, who is a good athlete, wasn't really that good of an athlete when he was a little little kid, like when he started playing hockey. And he was bigger, so they put him at defense. So he like never scored for like, I think the first six or seven years that we played hockey. Something like that. Just hundreds of games, no goals. And then when he scored his first goal, he picked the puck up behind our own net as a defenseman and then just went down the left side. So left-handed shot guy went all the way down the left-hand side. Didn't really stick candle, just kind of skated past everyone at the top of the circle, took a shot and put it over the goalie's shoulder for his first goal. Like a, uh, yeah, the full ice goal that pretty much you never see, except it's like McDavid scoring it. Pretty insane. So that's, yeah, that's relating that to hockey. Wow. How many MVPs would Torrin have won if he was in the NHL? Uh, well, would it be Torrin plus Mario Lemieux plus Ovechkin plus Crosby? Could they have passed Gretzky? I think so. I do. I think uh, let's leave this to the proper pundits like Chris Broussard and Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> Of course. Get them talking about something else uh, other than the Bills. Okay, speaking of Stephen A., I know everybody obviously has been talking about the Diggs thing, but did you see the stuff with Lonzo? <laughs> that literally, uh, Stephen A. Smith was like, Lonzo Ball, I heard that he can't, and it was, it's so perfect that this happened the day after everything with Diggs, where Diggs immediately goes on Twitter and is like, no. Stephen A. Smith says that he's hearing from people that Lonzo Ball can't even get up out of a chair, and within the hour, I'm pretty <laughs> within the hour, Lonzo Ball takes a video of him on one leg, getting up repeatedly, being like, Stephen A., where do you get your sources from, man? Like, what are you talking? Like, laughing. And he's just repeatedly on one leg, getting up in and out of this chair. And it's just, it's, it's, it's so beautiful. It's so good. And the people who, like, I don't know. what Did you have any thoughts on the Diggs thing? Uh, No. It's Stephen A. Smith. Like, come on. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure he does have sources. I don't doubt that. 
but I don't think that that is actually the case with Diggs. And that's not me being like an optimistic Bills fan. I just think that that whole situation is chalked up to Diggs knows they're in their window. He was pissed about how things have been handled the past couple of years in the playoffs. Probably expressed that. Maybe it wasn't well received. Obviously, we know McDermott was like kind of a, being weird about it. And they talked through it and squashed it. Like he's been fine at camp. Dorsey has said like in, in this press conference today, he said that Diggs has been great and he's been like his energy and like emotion and leadership has been very apparent at practice. Him and Josh seem to be fine and have their like rapport together again. Diggs is posting videos and and pictures on like his Instagram and stuff of like him and Josh and everything and him at like camp and stuff. And, like, I, I don't know. I, I didn't chalk it up to much. Yeah. The Lonzo thing. Did you have any thoughts? Sorry. Yeah, I think he can stand. Like, he's not going to be, I don't know, in a chair getting his diaper changed for the rest of his life. It's just like, is he ever going to play in the NBA again? Mm-hmm. Would love to know. Yeah. He's not playing this year, uh, which is crazy. Uh, as a Bulls fan, I got to say, the Bulls were the one seed when he got hurt in, I'm going to check my watch real quick, January of 2022, uh, when he was listed as day-to-day. So another big win for the Bulls medical staff. They couldn't kill Luol Deng, so maybe they'll get their chance. Jerry Reinsdorf, <laughs> you rotten old bastard. He just fired um, the White Sox front office, who have been in place for, I'm not even joking, like a quarter century, wow. despite having one good season, really. Uh, so he won't be firing anyone for a decade. Unless he dies. Who knows? That then tra- his son just won't be firing anyone. Is very much a fairly recent Sabres injury report staff vibes. Just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, but, he's day-to-day, but we think we have to chop his arm off. Yeah, it's basically that joke come to life. He's day-to-day, and he won't play. If he comes back the earliest that he could possibly come back, he won't have played for 32 months, or well, maybe even longer than that, 33 to 34 months. So, uh, get get well soon, Lonzo. I'm glad you can stand up. He's completely out for the entire year this year? Yeah. Oh, Taylor. I don't get it, but I don't I don't know. Time to rebuild. Jerry, get uh, get on with it, man. Fire your medical staff. Tell our tourists it's time to start shopping, guys. Get some of these draft picks back that you gave up for Vucevic. And, uh, you know, do it the year after when Binyama gets drafted. Great timing as always. <laughs> oh, well, well said, Taylor. I'm glad you were able to get that off your chest. <laughs> Anything else oh, you add before we sign off? I love sports. Sports are great. One last thing, too, for anybody who's interested, my band is playing at Nietzsche's on Saturday night. Slow Animals is playing. Doors are at 9 o'clock. Music will start around 10, $5 at the door. Going to be a great time. Hope you can make it out. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo on their respective websites. Whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode, make sure you're checking out all of our fellow shows across both networks. And make sure you're following both TCB and THPN on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also find us, Straight Up Sabres, 
Also, wherever you are listening to this episode right now, we'd very much appreciate it if you would leave us a nice little rating or a review. And in addition, make sure you are also following or subscribe to us. Last but not least, folks, we love our sponsors in case you were not aware. And those sponsors are DraftKings. Make sure you're using that promo code THPN at checkout to take advantage of great deals. We, of course, have Raycon too and those incredible audio products. Make sure you're checking out Raycon's website. And again, taking advantage. What was it, Taylor? Raycon.com slash THPN, if I'm not mistaken, to take advantage. Yep. And last but not least, we, of course, have Thin Man Brewery. Make sure you're checking out Thin Man online at thinmanbrewery.com and stopping by Chandler Street to get a bite to eat or drink after work or to spend your weekend. It's going to be a great time anytime you're rolling through there. Thank you all so much for tuning in. This has been Straight Up City. Thin Man, I can't.